Welcome, welcome to Candy from Strangers. I'm Rebecca. And I'm James. And we're coming at you with some candid talk where we aim to contemplate and journey through this life and help your day taste just a little bit sweeter. Happy, happy new year. We're so glad you're here listening with us. Oh, we've missed everyone. Welcome to 2022, everyone. Hey, sugar. It is good to be here. So did you do anything to prep for the new year? Are you asking me? Because I'm pretty sure we worked together on this one. <laughs> I saw a meme that said most people are looking at the new year, like 2022, just kind of squinting and our shoulders are hunched and we're like, as long as a meteor doesn't hit us, we're good. <laughs> I thought that was our New Year's Eve picture. So we were setting up our house for some celebrations, just family celebrations, and I didn't want to, and I wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't. It's been a few days and I finally am like, okay, okay, I'm ready to look at this new year. I even had a, a work meeting and on the Zoom call, I'm like, how are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, happy new year. Like, <laughs> just didn't even want to be there at all. But it's been over a week now and I'm finally ready to say happy new year. Happy new year. Over here in Candyland, we're pretty firm on the idea that resolutions are bogus. And put way too much stress on us. Right. Candyland doesn't need that. So as a family, as a couple, as business partners, we did look at what we could do different this year and how we could build on what we did right last year. So instead of making a resolution or setting a bunch of goals or mapping out my entire year, which was actually stressing me out, one of my business associates asked me, if I had any goals for 2022. And I feel like my brain literally fritzed out. It was too much to even contemplate. Just, I was just trying to get through Christmas and enjoy all the dang cookies and not feel bad about it. We made a lot of cookies. It was amazing. Well, like a lot of our listeners, our Christmas didn't actually roll out the way we planned. We had expected to have company and that didn't happen because of this dang virus. But we still made enough cookies for all the people and we ate them. They were good. And worth it. They were good. Like your Southern, they were good. They were good. They were good. <laughs> and I think goals do kind of fritz us out a little bit. And for us, we have had a lot of discussions and talks about what is it we value as a family. We took a Saturday and we had our kids write out a bucket list. Bucket list for a five-year-old is adorable. It is amazing. And, and they're not thinking about like before they die. This is like they think is in the realm of possible that they want to do. It's like, okay, let's see what we can do about that. Letting them dream a little bit after being stuck home. We actually have uh, one of our kiddos is back on remote learning because the school had to shut down again. So that's where we're at. Um, so dreaming a little bit about bucket lists and things you want to do in the future was actually a really good exercise. So I wanted to pose instead of the question, what are your goals this new year? I wanted to pose this question. Ready? Ready. What's the question? So if you made a list of all the things that you love most in this world, how long would it take you to list yourself? Dang. Takes a while before I'm on that list. I don't. Okay. So for me, it's like, how long is the list? How many favorite things do I get? Is it a hundred? Is it five? In my brain, I picture a top five. My list is top five things I love. It's not longer than five. Is that weird? Like how long is your list of favorite things? Mine keeps going. 
a perpetual list of great things. Mine is not. It has a cutoff. And there's only five spaces, so I'll be working hard on that. Every year I finish in the top five, guys. That's a win. <laughs> the audacity on this guy. I hope I finish in the top five. She never there, does tell there me. There you go. I'm, it's not like I get an award at the end of the year, like what place I finished. This is an idea. We actually sent out trophies. Congratulations, you made it through the pandemic. 2020 trophies to family members. He took them to the office and passed them out. <laughs> it was a participation trophy for everyone for 2020. I think that was the year that everyone earned one. Uh, yeah. So if you made a list of the things that you love most in this world, how long would it take you to list yourself? Okay, the basic resolution for the masses, especially in the U.S., is just lose weight. That's what the resolution is. I'm going to lose five pounds. I'm going to work off all those dang cookies, whatever it is, right? I'm going to get back to my college figure. Newsflash, babe, you were not created to shrink yourself, to spend all your time focused on your physical appearance and shrinking your body. That's not why you were put on this earth. Just here to tell you in case nobody ever told you that before. That is not your purpose in life. For some people, that's a foreign idea. I feel like this is very appropriate because we just watched Clifford the Big Red Dog with our kids. And it was very much, uh, don't hide, don't hide yourself, celebrate the uniqueness. And it's okay to be big and red. What you trying to say? Nothing. I'm a very big person. <laughs> and no matter how much I curl up into a child's pose in yoga, I still look like I'm a big person. So the next question, the follow-up question to that is, how can we approach this new year, 2022, with our names on our love lists? Maybe not even at the top of our list, but just on it within the top five. Well, first of all, you can't make any changes for good by criticizing yourself to death. And I'll raise my hand on that one. I have a terrible inner critic from the moment I wake up, constant, just bragging on me. And I mean, we've heard that saying, you know, why would you speak to yourself like that if you wouldn't speak to a friend that way? So, well, I'm not always a friend to myself. There it is, right? And to criticize is not actually constructive. It's something that I had to remind myself of, and I tell this to others when I see this happening too often, but sarcasm. It literally means to cut flesh. That's their origin of the name. It's to cut someone. You're cutting them down. Words have power. So when you're sitting there with your words, you're cutting yourself down. That's not feedback. That's not building up. That's not actually constructive. You hear the term constructive criticism. If it's criticism, it's just cutting. There's no building from that. I think you have to have a follow-up with it. I mean, you, you have to see an error and point it out and know it and call it into the light so that you can actually fix it. But if it's just a criticism with no follow-up, no how to do better, be better, new, new process, new whatever, then yeah, I mean, it's completely pointless. All you're doing is, is grinding yourself into dust. And it's good to get feedback. Like my body gives me feedback. When I'm running and I get shin splints, I've run too far. <laughs> Your shins are like, hey, we just want to give you some feedback right now. <laughs> ow, bro, ow. And if I'm running hard and my lungs are like, we need a breath. Can you give us just a minute? <laughs> just a minute. That's, that's feedback. That, that is direct feedback that I have to make a course correction. Ooh, course correction. I love that. So, yeah. So just making any changes under a yoke of criticism and hating ourselves is not actually going to do you any good. It's going to make you bitter. 
And it's actually going to continue that spiral. Even if you reach a goal, it won't be enough. And again, just like what you're talking about, criticism is cutting. It's taking away. If you want to reinforce something good, you have to add, build, make it positive. If you're criticizing yourself, you're just taking away and constantly eating away at your self-confidence and eating away at everything that is just, well, it's just eating you up. It's diminishing yourself. Right. So you reach whatever goal, you cross whatever finish line. You said, that's my goal. I did it. Yes, I'm awesome. But you carried with you these cinder blocks of shame, of hate, of this critical eye that you can look at yourself through. How long are you going to be able to stay there before there's that backsliding that happens? That's a typical resolution problem. So we, we wash our hands of resolutions in this house. We have resolved not to have any resolutions. I think you said that last year. I'll probably say it again next. So I want to be able to finish this year with love. Get to that sort of finish line, 365 days with love for myself. And you said this to me earlier that love is honest and even discipline can be loving. But that doesn't mean it's coming at yourself through anger and disappointment. But discipline can be loving. It's like, I love you too much to let you behave this way. I've said that to my kids before. I can say that to my own self when I'm being mean to myself because my goal is to be on the top of the list within the top five. So how are we going to move forward in this year and be top list people? I was thinking just about discipline with your question that you just asked, how? Something that I think about often is that we lose sight of words and, and the power that they have. Just so much like resolution comes from resolve. And I have resolved to do something, and that, that is a resolution. But discipline comes from the term disciple. And when you are training someone, when you are disciplining someone, it's from a place of love and growth and vision for that person to be like you or like something that you both are trying to attain. So when I was a tradesman, I was an apprentice in a craft, a craftsman was training me and teaching me and discipling me to be a craftsman. But I didn't go from being an apprentice to a craftsman right away. I had to get disciplined multiple stages, and I was discipled through the process. In this training evolution, I became a journeyman. And then as I had so many more hours and so many other tasks that I was certified in, I became a craftsman. And I wasn't just like the craftsman who discipled me. I was my own craftsman. But I had been discipled to attain a certain level of skill and quality of what it means to be that. And I think with our raising our kids, when we're being loving to ourselves, it's identifying the values that we have so that we can get to what we value through love and discipline and discipleship. Mm -hmm. And I value being healthy. I show up better when I'm feeling healthy. And that means intuitive eating instead of crash diets in January. And I value being joyful in day-to-day -day circumstances. And that's not easy. And the how to do that, how to be a joyful person, means discipling yourself and finding out whatever process works best for you. Um, a lot of people like to journal in the mornings. Journal in the morning, get up at 5 a.m. and journal. That does not work for me. Losing sleep does not make me a joyful person. So if I get up to have to write in a journal, I am mad. But before I go to bed, if I just jot down three things I was happy for or thankful for in that day, 
I will carry that actually through the next morning and I wake up more joyful. But learning the process that works for me took some trial and error. And I think that's key is finding out and taking the time to find out. And when it doesn't work, not throwing in the towel and walking away. Yeah, just saying, hey, you know what? This didn't work this time. Let me try something different. As far as like exercise goes, um, we talked about our four squares last year. We're having our four squares and um, you have your physical health, mental health, spiritual health. What was the other one? Social. Social. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, a lot of social health going on around here. Oh, yeah. A lot of social health in our isolation here. But that's why we're doing a podcast. Hey, listeners. <laughs> but I remember the the physical square, like after I had um, a C-section, I couldn't exercise. I couldn't move. And I'd always told myself, well, I'm not good at sports or I'm not a very good athlete. And so I can't run. It was just something that I believed about myself. Why? Like, who told me that? I think I just told myself that. And it's like this easy, this easy off. Like, well, you're, you're not a runner, so you don't have to get up and run. But training to do those things has helped me. And after I had that C-section, I literally couldn't, couldn't do anything. So I started doing a little bit of yoga and it was the only thing I could do. But after I finished it and completed it, this little course, I had so much relief and I literally just cried. I laid on the floor and I cried because I completed something that was good for me that I'd never done before. And I didn't do it perfect, but just having that badge, right? I have that badge now. Hey, I can do that. I'm a finisher. I can finish a task if I want to. I can be healthy. And knowing that, knowing that I can shift and adjust and work through whatever issues are thrown my way really helps. But I think if, if you've never loved yourself before ever, which a lot of people haven't, they just they haven't grown up that way. They didn't have loving families. They never had a caregiver tell them, hey, you're enough. You matter. Some people have always just had a critical eye on them their whole lives. So coming at that from that kind of perspective, I would say you start with finding the interesting things about you. You can't just say, well, just love yourself and everything will be fine. Like that's, that's candy gloss and that's not going to cut it, right? And you're going to throw in the towel the very next day. The very next day you don't show up or you oversleep. Well, I missed the gym. Oh, well. I would say start with, instead of that and holding all those expectations, I would start with finding the interesting things about you. And it is so much easier to love something specific. It's that active love, not just being in love with yourself, but actively identify something and actively pinpoint and love that aspect. Is your right arm longer than your left? Love that. Do you have a weird mole on your nose? Love that. Don't sit there and go like, woe is me. You have two choices when you have something that stands out that's interesting about yourself. You can embrace and love it actively, or you can loathe and criticize it, and that will bleed into how you address everything else in your life. So find the easy thing about yourself that you can actually turn into a badge of honor. It's like odd things. Just love the odd things about yourself. Find that, hey, my thighs jiggle like bowls of cottage cheese, right? But I've got an interesting sense of humor, and I like laughing at weird things. I also have really interesting eyebrows. Like, I will never be a size four, but I've got some interesting eyebrows. Apparently, my nostrils flare when I'm breathing heavy, smiling, laughing, something. I don't know. I love that about myself. I don't mind your flaring nostrils. It's the noise in which you enjoy food. That's one of the irritating things. But maybe that's the unique thing we should love. Everybody just get real quiet, real quiet, and listen to James eat, chew. Listen to him eat. I have a big jaw. It's hard to contain the noise of these massive teeth coming together. <laughs> Oh, I do love your jaw. 
He's trying to drink tea. He's going to spew tea everywhere. Don't do that. You can't growl. It's a family show. Okay, back on track. So we really need to examine all those stories that, that we tell ourselves that I can't do this thing. I'm not this person. Like, I don't manage money well versus I'm going to learn how to manage my money or whatever it is. I'm not creative or crafty. People say that. I say that. I tell myself all the time that I'm not creative or crafty. And I had to let that story go this winter. I actually realized I was holding myself back with a self story that I am not creative and I am not crafty. Mm-hmm. But what did we just do last weekend that you suggested? We had a soap carving afternoon. Soap carving. Can I tell you how messy soap is? Soap is ridiculously messy when you're carving it up. And I started out with this beautiful, it ended up with this little tiny thing that I don't even know what it is. It's a soap sculpture. But it was something that I wanted to do. And the kids absolutely loved it. And we were crafty and creative. And it was just a lot of fun. I don't know what I made. It doesn't look like anything. But by golly, I carved it. You did. And I think what mattered in that moment was the time, the time spent with the kids. Especially for one of ours, our middle one, that's the love language. It's quality time. So I would say be curious and find those stories that that you tell yourself and flip the script on that. Right. Because I was always stuck in, I can't run, I'm not sporty. But changing that and flipping the script and saying, well, what can I do? Just asking the question. Maybe I'm not a marathon runner. I don't think I'll ever run a marathon. I can't even run a 5K without stopping. But what can I do? Can I even do a 5K? You know? And like, maybe you don't want to train for a run, but maybe you just want to kind of get out and say, hey, can I, can I jog this block? Can I speed walk a mile? What can I do? Yeah. Doing it anyway and staying curious about how you feel, how you recover, what's your recovery process, and just noticing the small changes can help you focus on progress. Like, so now we've carved soap as a family and it was fun. So now it's like we're on the hunt to discover what other kind of creative fun things can we do together. And that is fun. And you want to measure your progress. Keep track of it. Guess where all those soap sculptures are still sitting? Sitting around their dining room table, sitting at the centerpiece, just reminding us of a fun afternoon. And you need to have those reminders. Tip, get the um, scent-free soap next time because (laughs) all of my food smells like soap right now and I want to throw them out. They're going to get thrown away soon, but... It's nice. It's a nice reminder of the time spent together and the fact that we tried. And I don't think that we'll throw them out because it's soap. We can just use it. We'll have a special carved soap bars now in the shower. But the point is, learning is a process, right? And you get to change your narrative. And you're only going to be as great as you think you are. Just like your spouse will only be as great as you think they are. Same with your kids. They're only going to be as great as you think they are. Your thoughts are so powerful and we're going to be practicing this year how to align our thoughts over our heart space and remember that our process is our own. Your process is yours and it's just that, a process. And we're going to start with our thoughts and our hearts because that's where everything flows from. And a big one for me, it is very easy to compare myself to others and to a standard of being. I wear a uniform every day. And there's not a lot of uniqueness when everyone dresses the exact same. So when you don't measure up to that standard of look or being, 
it's actually a negative comparison that you got to watch out for. So when we're having these conversations, it's a lot of fun to remind myself that not, I'm not supposed to compare myself to anyone else. I'm supposed to be comparing myself to myself and what my values are and the progress that I'm making and growing as a person. And I've been doing a lot of that, learning that way of thinking and bringing that in with the momentum we've been building this last year with everything that Rebecca and I have been doing together and this podcast and the fun with the kids and the changes that we have done, even in the crazy that was 2021, we pushed hard and reminding ourselves of the progress that all of us have had, that we're here now. We've, we, we pushed through 2021. And now it's like, what's next? Right. Regardless of how that went, regardless of what that was, you're here now, right now. And now how are we going to move forward? How are we going to choose to show up right now? You know, so looking back and saying, oh, yeah, 2021 was a little nuts. But look at all the things that we did do. Look, what we did accomplish. Like, here's all the bad. We get so focused on the bad, on the hard stuff and the whatever. But if you say, oh, here's what I did accomplish. And maybe it wasn't as much as you wanted, but you can still pat yourself on the back for that. And that will elevate you a little bit higher on the list, right? A little bit higher. So you can get up, be a topless person. You need to be a topless person on your own dang list. This quote is from John Delaney. It says, beginning today, never complain again, which that's going to be hard for me because that's like my humor. So he says, complaining allows you to feel like you're doing something without actually doing anything. Complaining accomplishes nothing. We either leave, laugh, fight, solve, grieve, vote, run for office, donate, call, get on a plane, move out, kick them out, say no, say yes. Be kind or forgive, but stop complaining now. I like that it listed a whole bunch of options, not just don't complain about stuff that makes you grumpy. You won't get anywhere. You'll just spin in circles with the complaints. I would have complained about that. Yeah, right? I'm like, come on. But he actually says like, solve the problem or grieve or fight back or laugh. You got to let it out some way. Be kind, forgive. You can say no. You can kick them out. You know, it doesn't just say be stuck. So there's, there are options, but we get so stuck in this mindset of like, here's where we are and I'm going to complain about it. 2020 was terrible. 2021 was awful. And now it's 2022 and I don't even want to be here. So <laughs> so not complain and instead look back and see what did we accomplish? And we get to choose how we're going to show up for this next year. Here it is. I want to turn. I want to look forward and look to the future and say, okay, oh, I'm here now. And now what? I want to be on the top of the list. I want to be able to look at myself at the end of this year and turn around and go, oh yeah, I kind of like me. I'm doing okay. And that progress is mine. Nobody else can have that progress, right? And if you haven't figured this out yet, and you will through the journey with us and appreciate having you here, but we're words people. So the word for 2022 for us is alignment. We built up this huge momentum. We pushed so hard through 2021. And now with looking at this list, with this question that Rebecca's asked, with what we have coming up in 2022, we want to actually bring things into alignment, aligning ourselves near the top of the list so that we actually can love ourselves, making sure that the things that we are working on together and in our own selves come into alignment with our values and what our end state we want to have or what it is that we're pushing for to make sure that it's not in conflict, that it doesn't fall apart, that we get rid of wasted effort. 
like so being present in the moment is important mm-hmm. if our word for this year is alignment then we should probably redo the values list to see what they are because you have your own i have my own our relationship has their own our family has its own we have family values and then everybody in the family has their own idea of what that is so it's a good idea to know where you're at where you're starting from before moving forward so we did a, a values exercise as individuals actually looking at is alignment something we want to go after? And yeah. And it's really fun finding out that your kids' values don't always line the same way you think they should with each other or with us as parents or within the family. I think we intuitively know that. Like, But it's fun actually seeing it written down, for me anyways. And it helps understand where strife comes from sometimes. Oh, because I'm placing such value on whatever this is, this issue or this task, and somebody else doesn't value that they don't see it as important, right? So there's like an immediate disconnect there, but being able to say, hey, remember how, well, I don't know, being on time is important to me. And then the other person's like, oh yeah, you know, and caring enough to adjust accordingly. So that kind of helps us pay attention to how we're showing up. So am I showing up how I want to? Am I showing up loving and caring to the people I'm living with, to myself? Am I, am I being aligned with my, my values? Am I being aligned with the life that's my own, this journey that's my own? Or am I trying to, compare, match myself to somebody else? Am I trying to be a certain way or a certain person for other people? That's, that's a hard one because there's so much online right now where everybody and their brother is trying to match what they see. And that's not even honest. And I don't think you're going to be on the top of your own love list if you are trying to mirror image somebody else. So I want to love myself confidently, just all of me right now, today, not after 10 pounds are worked off or not tomorrow or in 15 days when I complete XYZ diet or whatever it is. No, thanks. So mirrors, when I think with your point that you're making on trying to be a mirror image of somebody else, if you're looking in the mirror, trying to look like someone else, you're not actually looking at yourself and, and that's not right. Like when you look in a mirror, you should see yourself. And if you aren't, or if you are forgetting what you look like as soon as you walk away from the mirror, if you're completely unable to see yourself for what you look like and are right now, you're not able to show up for yourself fully, wholly. So start there. Start there. And if you, like, because you won't notice that your hair is not messed up or is messed up if you can't see yourself. Maybe I like my messed up hair. And that's fine as long as you can see that it's messed up. <laughs> know what you're bringing out into the world. Start there. And if that's imperfect, that's okay. Heck yeah. None of us are perfect. I think you have to accept your imperfections so that you can be confident and love yourself confidently. And I want to do that by the end of the year. I just want to be able to show up all of me, whatever I look like on the outside, but just all of me from the inside. I want to be able to be appreciating who I am, be walking in my own strength, my own magnificence at the end of the year and just you know, be whole. And you can look this up, factoid. Nobody has a symmetrical face. Everybody has an asymmetrical feature on your face. And they've actually identified this, that when you have a perfectly symmetrical face. Oh yeah, for art. It looks off. Other people look at you like, there's something wrong with you. I can't trust you. You're not human. So when you sit there and look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh no, my right eye is slightly whatever. 
that's actually a beautiful, unique gift of imperfection that makes you, you. I give you certified life coach, James. Go to castlecore.com, that's C-A-S-S-E-L core.com, to set up your consultation today. (laughs) What a beautiful segue, babe, because we want to kick off this year reviewing The Gifts of Imperfection, written by Brene Brown. She's a PhD. She's done TED Talks. She's been featured on PBS, NPR, CNN, et cetera, et cetera. She's got a wonderful book. It's called The Gifts of Imperfection. And I had started reading it and I thought, oh, we need to review this and share this with our peeps. This is important because it's not just a self-help book, like be better and fix yourself at all. It's understand yourself and where you're coming from and your why. And from that perspective and point, you can just shift things to show up in the way that you actually want to. And the best part with all of her accolades and all of the acronyms that go with her name, she is very approachable. And this slim book is actually chock full of just solid nuggets of well-worded, very understandable information, life-changing, impacting, soul-searching. She's gone through and decided to share, and she's taken us along the journey with her research. As a research professor, she actually was able to interview multiple people about something that she cared about. Right. And her whole thing is to live wholeheartedly and talking with people who live wholeheartedly because she's very analytical. And so she's looking at these people who have these fulfilling looking lives and she's like, hmm, is that real? You know, and so she's sort of dissecting it and finding out how and why and what's different and being honest and saying, well, here's what I think and feel about these things. Like she talks about having craft time and how she thought of that as a waste of time. You know, that's in the section of there. So we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, I haven't actually finished it yet. And I was thinking maybe I'll finish it in real time with our uh, with our listeners. So if you guys want to follow along with us, we thought we would break it down probably into like three sections to review the book and go through it with you guys. We'll put the link in the details to, so that you can find the book and also find Brene Brown's website. She's got some amazing stuff. And if you've never listened to her talk, definitely recommend it. And she's got her own several podcasts and is talking about different things. And this this book is helping us. I don't usually underline things. I don't usually put notes in the margins. Yeah, I know, because you just remember everything. <laughs> I'm so jealous. But this one, I'm actually trying to quickly have little notes that I can refer to or go like, where where did I find this? Yes, here it is. And so Rebe- Rebecca gave me the book and nudged me in the ribs oh so gently and said, you should read this. I was one of the first peeps she gave it to. Peeps as in candy peeps, because this is candy from strangers. And I love peeps. And I like them all crunchy and stale after they've been left out a day in a, in a basket for Easter. That's weird. <laughs> That's like the only way to eat them now. Yeah, crusty marshmallows. Mm, it's an imperfection. Weird things we like, right? Anyway, we'll put a link to her book in our description and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. But if you, if you don't want to buy it, if you don't have the funds to purchase it, that's okay because we're going to read through and then we're just going to share sort of the highlights of each, each little section that we go through. But it is recommended and even uh, Brene Brown recommends this, uh, that before you start reading the book, you go to her website and you take this quiz and it's kind of find out where you are. And I like how it's, how it's phrased. It's like a gas tank. 
to see where you are on these certain guideposts. So you go to her website, which is brenebrown.com, and it's the wholehearted inventory. And what's important to know about this is that um, she's not collecting this research on you. It's not saved in their, their database. It disappears. So you, you take the little quiz and you have to email the results to yourself and then they disappear. So they're yours to have. And you can do it periodically. I feel like we, we did it to ask where our gas tanks were um, when we started reading it. And I think we're going to redo it just, just for this, for the podcast. We're going to re- re-see where we're starting from. That's how you look back and see how far you've come in different areas or where you're the same. And the fun part about this, I do think our gas tanks are going to be different because we took that like in September. Oh, yeah. It's like September me gas tanks is going to be completely different than January me gas tank. Yeah, we're human. We're not symmetrical robots. Thank goodness. So I say so a lot. So if you can, before we do the next podcast, hopefully. A couple weeks. She's squinting, eyeing me, like trying to figure out what the calendar looks like right now. Visualizing the calendar. Our our plan is to try to do at least an every other week podcast. So we're, we're being consistent with it. Uh, we're not filming a movie right now and writing a book and publishing a book right now. So I should have more time to record podcasts for our listeners and for us too, because I like having conversations with you. It's a lot of fun when you have planned conversations with your wife over microphones. We're literally staring at each other over these microphones, but half of our faces are are obscured. If you haven't done it yet, get a set of microphones, sit down, schedule a date night and record yourselves having a conversation. That's a fun date night. It is interesting. Not fun. I love this about us. (laughs) Got you there. Got you there. I'm really excited for our season one. Candy from Strangers put 10 episodes in the books. Our intention, the alignment with our business that we're doing here is with our time, we think that we can hit one, if not two, a month. We're going to try to set into a regular schedule. And that is the fun is we're, we're scheduling date nights of sitting down and recording a conversation with each other. The hard part with that is the prep work of what do we want to talk about ahead of time. And apparently now I have to finish reading a book. So there's some homework involved. Oh, yeah. We're getting serious now. Yeah. So I think just being open to this experience and being open to reading about how our imperfections can actually be gifts and help us be wholehearted people will be great because. I want to approach things with the question of what would it feel like to walk around being at the top of my list? Like, what would that feel like to be topless people? You said that really fast. So it sounded like topless. (laughs) It's a family show. Well, I imagine it would feel kind of breezy. (laughs) That's the wrong kind of date night. To be top of the list people, what would it feel like to be top of the list people, sir? I do know that if I love myself as myself better, I show up and I love my wife and my family and my friends better because my tank is more full. And that is something that is important to me and something I value, something I've learned last year in all that we're doing that I might not have been loving myself the way I needed to. And I, and not even might not, I was not loving myself the way I needed to. 
should have and ensuring that I was taking care of myself so that I could take care of others. And that, that's something that we've been working on. And I think that if I'm loving myself, my love and ability to love others just makes for such a better day. I don't know how else to say that. I think that was definitely the best way to say that. And that's how we want to show up for 2022. Aligned with whole hearts and love. So get your book. We are so looking forward to sharing this wholehearted journey with you guys this year. We'll see you next time. 